Hey everyone, welcome to the Esports Next podcast. I am thrilled to be joining as the host for season three along with my co-hosts. We are going to be interviewing speakers, sponsors, and attendees of the Esports Trade Association Conference in Chicago. So if you're looking to understand who will be at the conference and what they're all about, tune in, come join us. All right, welcome to another episode of the Esports Next podcast. It is our pleasure to welcome Nicholas Abelé, who is the co-founder and CEO of Sonics. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Yes, We're happy I to am also here. here. I was going to say, I want to introduce myself. I'm Lindsay Boss. I'm the co-host of today's episode. Super excited to be here with you both. Yes, we are joined by our wonderful co-host, Lindsay Poss, here alongside Nick and myself. Um, Nick, before we get started, why don't you give us a brief overview of Sonics and the importance of audio? Yeah, Sonics is a kind of ultimate audio app communication for gamers in a sense that we we are kind of a spin-off from a tech university and we develop an app which enables communication to be extremely fast. Typically, when you are in a team, you need to communicate with your teammates and you want to experience uh, the same feeling and same speed as if you were in the same room, but once you're playing remote from far away. And that's what Sonics is about. We, we cut the lag, the latency, we cut the lag uh, by a factor of 10x. It's a big breakthrough and uh, it works for gamers, I mean, made for gamers, but obviously, I mean, everybody can use it and you get a better experience than with a Zoom, uh, much, much closer to to what you experience in, in real life when talking to a friend in the same room. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, that I, as, as someone who uh, is very familiar with some of the difficulties <laughs> in communicating, particularly via Discord, uh, that's, that's really, really exciting. Can you just share a little bit about what makes you passionate and excited about working in the games industry? I mean, the gaming industry is, is, is booming. That's what so it is driving, there's everything to, to do. Uh, uh, I mean, a lot of things have been done for sure, but I mean, everything still, it's far, it's far from being as big as the sports industry, but it's becoming uh, as big. And so what is nice really is to see all the passion people put into it, uh, into making things happening all the way from the editor to the team themselves. And um, that's, that's, that's pretty exciting. And, and what is extremely exciting as well is that where there's no there's no barrier so everybody speaks the right technologies the right things there's no uh, um, there's no history too much if you have the best technology out there then you'll be selected and people pick you up and i can grow pretty fast so it's very it's very energetic environment it's kind of a startup environment startup but through an entire industry yeah i love that there's so much opportunity because we're in the wild, wild west here. Um, we don't have real, the foundation really set. And so um, <clears throat> aspects like audio, being able to communicate well. Um, you know, one, one thing that I noticed ab about Sonics is the low latency aspect of that. Um, and, and we talk a lot about diversity and inclusion and um, 
underrepresented groups or people who, who may not have access to the technologies um, that are necessary to compete. And sometimes it's that internet network or that signal, right? The digital divide that can keep us um, from, from all participating. Talk a little bit about the, the low latency aspect of, of the audio with Sonics. Yeah, and so what is key here is that we don't need the hardware. So people don't need to buy anything. I mean, it's just a pure software solution. So it's run on every computer. So even if you have like like my computer, a 10 years old computer, it's still running pretty nicely on this. So you don't need to have a, the extreme computer. You don't need to be high-end and to spend a lot of money. It's for everybody. It's really for everybody there. And that's, okay. we want to give an edge without, you know, a matter of, of, of pricing aspect. Um, and that's part of it. The second part of it is that we really design our app so that's a small community base. And that's very important for, for to avoid toxicity. I mean, as you know, in gaming, especially for women, it's pretty high toxicity there. Uh, and that's true if you're on Discord with thousand people on the same server, that people start to chat to each other and then they don't know each other. So it's you know, the internet. So it's much more likely to... To, to say a bad word there. Whereas in Sonic, it's really meant to have a cruise, cruise of five, 10, 20 people maximum. That's really designed for it. So even if you don't know everybody when you start playing, because you can do matchmaking, but after a couple of you know minutes, you start to know everybody. And so that, that's really the idea that it's a safe haven for everybody, especially for women. And so that, that's something we are pushing pretty hard. And we just partner with our galaxy. Uh, pouring really their their uh, women's competition because that's really a good fit with our with our with our philosophy. Being a small team that know each other and provide the technology for everybody, uh, whatever the hardware they have. That's awesome. Um, I I in my other life hosted a podcast for specifically women in games to talk about toxicity. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's a conversation that uh, I've definitely been having with a lot of uh, fellow gamers, which has been so it's, it's great to hear that that's one of the the big factors. And I want to pick apart a little bit what you said also about this word community because this is a word that's been super prevalent in the gaming industry, especially like the gaming industry is going through a bit of a rough period with investment, and I feel like a lot of a lot of companies, teams, people are really buckling down on this idea that you need to have a solid foundation, you need to have a solid group of people that support your product, and that the thing that's come up to encapsulate that is the word community. So when you're thinking about your product and what you're building, what does community mean to you and how important is it in kind of your strategy for making Sonics a success? I mean, it's, it's key. It's really the center part here, but when you talk about community, I mean, Either we make it like a gigantic community or a small group of friends. And we are more in the small group of friends community where you, you can be inclusive, people can join you, etc. But at the end of the day, even if you look into, into or Discord and what your server are on Discord, you, you may have 100 people. At the end, you're, you're mainly talking to 20, 30 people. That's your, your, your closed loop. And so we really wanted to reproduce that. And mm -hmm. again, linked to the latency, latency is such that you, you get the feeling of being close to each other. It's kind of being, a, being in a bar, being in an internet cafe, being next to each other. And so you want to see your neighbor, you want to talk to them very, in a very natural way. And so that's really the philosophy there. And so the community as the world around Sonics is, is built around this. And it's also built around the, the partnership that we are building 
with a key uh, pro sport brand and also collegiate sport in a sense that in our app, there will be two parts. One part, which is performance focus, uh, latency, audio quality as well. I mean, we have the best audio quality on the market. That's thanks to our, our very own way of compressing the audio that takes the entire frequency rate. So we don't lose information. We just compress the full information. And so that, that's very key. So the performance part, latency and audio quality. And on the other side, we've got the, the community part, which is small community, but also the branding part. So we have a capability for partners to brand their, uh, um, to put their branding on an app directly. So if you're a big fan of, let's say, Carmine Corp or, or, or G2, uh, by partnering with us, partnering with G2, you'll be able to import like all the background screen and support your, your fine agar and, and, and get the, the background on G2, get specific badges on G2 and so on. And that's really part of the community. We are kind of an extension of, of their community push from the pro sport side. Wow, that's really interesting. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I want to lean over to the conference Esports Next one thing I'm excited about for your attendance is you're going to be participating in the elevator pitch competition. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your interest and uh, what you're hoping to get out of the elevator pitch competition? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, get partnership. At the end, we are really much into the, you know, the, the B2B relationship. The same with, with our galaxy I mentioned before. I mean, I met, I met Chantal at one of these events. This is what I met. I met her two months ago, and we say we should do something together. And then two months later, boom, there's something happening there. And so this is the opportunity uh, that I'm looking for. I, I did like level up in December for eSport World. That was amazing. Everybody in the same place, you know, you could talk to a lot of people across the entire industry. So you are like pro eSport team, but you have all the entire chain of right. partner. And this is what is key for us. As, um, as, as, a, as a company because we want to ultimately app is for the end user, the casual gamers, but our go-to-market is really by partnering, partnering with pro sport organization, by collegiate sport organization, and with tournament organizer. And that's uh, what I'm expecting at, uh, in Chicago. <laughs> And that will uh, happen for sure. <laughs> um, I can say that because I, I uh, have seen our list of attendees, which is great. Um, when you are thinking about preparing for the elevator pitch competition, you know, we've done this a couple of years in a row. It's a Shark Tank style competition. There's a whole panel of judges. Um, what are you planning on doing to get yourself ready for that? Or are you just an old pro at delivering a two minute pitch at this point? I did quite a bit of two minute pitch because I mean, we are, we are, we raise funds from a lot of uh, investors. And so that's a typical thing for, for startups. In particular, the timeline fits really well uh, because at this event, we're going to release as well our, our open beta. Uh, and so that will be kind of highlight of the pitch saying, okay, now, now that's a plan to open the beta, everybody can download. And so that's, um, that's the thing to be to be released at that time, and that's you know, the, per the timing per fit uh, perfectly there. Yeah, love that. Um, who are the who are the types of companies or the types of people that you're looking forward to uh, meet at Esports Next this year? So, I mean, it's really like 
the police sport teams that 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 the that the kind of team which we focus on because I mean they are the they are looking for technology edge they are looking for any edge not only during the competition but also during training period no like take take a, a optic optic gaming or G two they are like Call of Duty team which are typically playing next to each other with kind of daisy chain like latency is key for them but they have a lot of teams that are just remote because one guy is in Denmark, the other guy is in, in, in Los Angeles and that's it, they live over there. So the issue there is that they train on a technology which is not as great as what they will experience during the LAN event. And so that, that high-end people is important for us because having providing and having them using Sonics just provide the leadership, like okay, the, the leader are using it. And this is happening right now. But it's happening with a couple of those uh, right now, but we want to expand uh, together with the open open beta. And so that's one aspect. The other aspect is, is a competition organizer. I mean, that's something very key for us because um, that's why we partner with, with our Galaxy, but we're also partnering in partnership in, uh, in the pipeline uh, right now because it also shows that if your technology is used during competition, I mean, that's, you know, they are the best out there. And, and it's pretty straightforward because at the end, you know, competition organizers should provide the best tool to their player. Why they will provide a shitty old tool to them? I mean, just because this, this, this other tool has been financing them? No, I mean, they should part of it, but at the end, their, their duty is to provide the best setup for the players that are traveling all the way to the line even and so on. And so these, we are there at eSport uh, next also to, to meet those guys, to make a demo of this, to show testimonials. We have a lot of testimonials from pro eSports right now, collegiate eSports, we are very strong there, um, of people really loving the app right now and pushing pushing everybody to use the app. Uh, I mean, step by step, but it's pushing up. I love talking to founders who are super excited about the product they've created. Uh, your, your excitement about it is, uh, is very clear, which is so cool. And I want to zoom out a little bit because you're someone who's currently building in the space. Uh, and we, as I alluded to earlier, there's, it's been, there's been a lot of tough news cycles out there lately. Um, there's been kind of, there's this huge, you know, increase in investment and interest during COVID. And that's, that's definitely started to wane. And there's these bigger economic trends that are totally impacting the gaming industry. Um, so I would love to hear from you as someone who's on the, the founder side, the startup side. And we are thinking about this too, as we're planning a conference and trying to get people to come and like all kinds of budgets are tighter this year. Right. But yeah. what are you seeing in terms of Let's talk about maybe one month down the road and then one year down the road or something like that. How are you feeling about the state of investment in the industry and, and what's it like out there for people who are building right now? No, I mean, the, the, the investment industry and, uh, and, and, uh, and the finance behind it is tough. For sure, it's much, much tighter than, than last year and the year before, which is, I mean, for a startup is, I mean, it gets complicated, but it's also very good. It's an opportunity there because if you're a good startup with a good technology foundation and a good go-to-market, I mean, you still get financed. It's a bit harder, but you still get financed. And same thing goes with the esports teams as well. I mean, you have esports teams that have been all over the place. Some esports teams are business-focused, like, you know, like the other day, G2 mentioned that they are profitable since past two years. 
I mean, there are not so many of them, but meaning that it's doable. It's doable for pro sport team to be profitable. It's doable for startup to find uh, to find investment if there's a good uh, good foundation. Um, and that's that's an opportunity for us because also pro sport team and collegiate sport are looking for a good partner, and they also looking to get. Uh, a good partnership relationship with startup. You know, say that maybe two years ago, I mean, a sponsor or partner will come and, and just give money to a, to a pro sport team not having the expected return on investment. Right now, I guess it's for specifically for us. I mean, this is a value in a the product. They say, okay, we're going to use your product. So that, that's because they test the product first. If they like it, then we start talking partnership. That's only then. I mean, we go that way. It's a bit more risky for us, for sure, because uh, you don't like it. You know, <laughs> it never happened to date. Um, but it's much more tighter relationship that we create because mm. they're going to use it. And for them, using it and promoting it is just a little step. There's no need to push them. They just need to say, okay, we're using it. And this is what you like. This is what we don't like on this. But what we don't like, maybe it's a feature that is missing feature and we're going to add it six months from now, one month from now. That's part of our roadmap. And that's the thing we, we discuss and, and, and a lot with our partner since we launched the, the product on a, on a private stage six months ago. So we've been running six months of tests right now with hundreds of pro sport team, collegiate sports and, and, and former pro gamers where they've been testing the app, they've been providing a lot of feedback. And this is the way we want to work. Uh, in a partnership mode, where we give them the tools, they give us feedback, you know, will be amazing to have this feature on top of it or this feature in addition, and we're bring, bringing them at higher priority in, in our roadmap. And so every, every deal that's back to your question, I think the relationship that you see right now for us between even big poise sport, I mean, the guy with tens of millions of fans and us, little startup, are not the same level, but very, very win-win. It's a win-win partnership. It's a partner. It's not a sponsorship. It's a partnership where we provide the solution for them to give an edge. They provide us feedback to be better, and and, and so they can also promote it very easily to their fan base. Because at the end, we do a product not only for the pro, but for everybody. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, you know. You have a very technology-focused company, and I, I love when we can look at aspects of esports and how they have far-ranging impacts. Talk a little bit about your experience of how esports is helping to drive innovation for some of these bigger tech companies. Yeah, and so it's it it's important to see. I mean, it's, it's not, my background first of all is. Uh, AR VR. I mean, I spent like 15 years developing AR glasses. I mean, uh, my, my former startup, my first startup, this technology is now in Google and it's part of the Google uh, next generation of Google Glass. So very, very happy about it. But what is what is clear if you look into the entire, I mean, market where people want to have interaction to other people through digital means from remote and they don't want they don't want 2D screen. I mean, they want an immersive experience. An immersive experience means that you need to have some kind of AR glasses or VR glasses, some kind of real-time audio, and some kind of community type 
And today, if you look into, I mean, who are, where are, are, are the biggest metaverse? If you can make a big bucket of what is the metaverse, for me, a metaverse is just a, a digital environment where you can meet people, see people, talk to each other, and exchange. Right now, those environments where you have 200 million users is Fortnite. Fortnite is the biggest metaverse in the world. I mean, it's a bit limited because you cannot really talk to your neighbor and so on, but they made it such as a single proprietary, okay, it's proprietary, but location, you have a lot of users. Look at the other metaverse on the other side, like with on, on Facebook, I mean, and also startup, they managed to create this, this entire world, but there's like a couple of, you know, hundred thousand people there. So just uh, today, the, the, the best companies to create this digital immersive environment are gaming companies because they know what to do. They know how to engage with our community and most, and some of them actually have a 3D rendering engine, which is even better. <laughs> so combining this, right. it's a really good set use. If you now put it on the other side or the customer engagement and people engagement that, that Meta has or, or maybe uh, Microsoft have, you combine the two and that creates can create a really appealing solution. But if the, so it, it's really, the gaming is providing, from the gaming is providing a lot of technology push there. Um, we need a couple of, of, of part of the puzzle and part of the puzzle is this digital environment where you meet people, but also how you visualize those people in immersive like 3D uh, visual part and how do you interact with the audio interaction? I mean, it's really three part of the puzzle. We are one part, but we think it is a key part because that can create uh, the maximum engagement. We spend a lot of application where if you have a lag, that is pretty awkward. I mean, in this case here, it's, uh, it's working in Zoom because, I mean, most of the time people talk one after the other. But if you start to do something together, like singing together, like playing music together, like even, you know, gaming together, I mean, with this kind of lag, it looks super awkward and you don't feel to be in the same place. Mm -hmm. And so in order for this digital environment to become really massive and not niche, but really massive, you need to have the three part of the puzzle. I love that you are uh, dreaming about this and we've seen, so that I say that because I, I am someone who spends a lot of time thinking about uh, the future of the metaverse for sure. And we've seen such a rocky roller coaster lately uh, with that. And even Facebook pulling back its, or rather meta pulling back its huge investment in the metaverse and all of that. But I wanna ask you instead a, a dreamer's question. And that is what, are you most excited or what experience are you most excited to have in the metaverse in the future that we don't have right now? Yeah, I think it's, um, I'd be most excited to teleport yourself. I mean, teleport yourself in, a, in an arena. I mean, that's something we, we really dream for both the gaming community and the music community. A bit, if you, as a little background, I mean, we started the company on latency part. We started and demonstrated in the music industry as well as in gaming. Because music is, you know, you have two musicians playing remotely, you need to be extremely synchronized. Like extremely, like beyond 20 milliseconds end to end. So we're not talking about the network, end to end from my, my mouse to your ear. 
beyond this point, it's a total no-go for musicians. And so what our dream is, is that you can have uh, like hybrid setup where you have maybe like five people in the same room playing games or playing music and then with typically 100 viewers in an arena uh, or thousand, doesn't matter. And but at the same time, you can have like a guest star, you know, playing music real time because he's, he's from from UK, and you can have like remote people also on, online providing audio feedback real time, not with a second delay, but with real time as if they were in the same room. So it's important for performers to feel the energy, and that's why having this virtual arena real time is is super key because you can really provide the energy. Take the example of singer, you can sing with, with your singer. And, and for the fan, it's important to receive the, the feedback and feel that they are not alone uh, in your in the living room, but you see your, 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 your mate next to you and you can exchange with your mate real time and you can exchange with your performer on stage real time. So this, this, this hybrid arena uh, is something that is pretty exciting. For both sides, for performer side and for the fan side, I think this is really what we're driving at. So we are we are performers to performer tool right now. Uh, you're a gamer to gamer, musician to musician, but ultimately we also want to be performers to fan tool, because this is where you create maximum engagement. Let's take the example of of you know Twitch. Twitch is a very interesting model because they show the model where a monodirectional engagement me I, i'm on twitch i'm a twitcher so i'm gonna i'm gonna speak i'm i'm speaking alone actually so i'm speaking mm -hmm. alone uh, to my fan base and my fan base can only do chat and emoji which is good i mean some kind of level interaction but the issue you see on twitch is that um there's a lot of of, of gamers switching there are very few musicians because they want engagement and not chat and emoji engagement they want audio engagement and that's the next level. So that's this is where we see ourselves providing audio bidirectional audio engagement between performers and fan. And this is the second stage, but uh, we get there. Super cool. That is super cool. It's so so super exciting to see the innovation and the evolution of these technologies. Um, we've talked about a number of things. We've talked about obviously the the innovation of audio. We've talked about some sustainable business models with esports orgs um where you're sitting today where is a space where you think innovation greatly needs to happen for the good of the industry something that hasn't been figured out yet or something that you kind of have on your radar to take on perhaps in one day yeah it's, it's really for the I think this is something we're building ourselves. I mean, there's a community side, the toxicity side. I think this hasn't been handled too much, uh, not enough. I mean, just in words, but in practice. Nothing is really uh, protective for people. I think this is really key here. Uh, in terms of innovation, I think it's really the getting more immersive, more immersive visually and audio as well. I mean, that's, that's some, there's some, we are very much an audio company uh, ultimately. And we have like, not to disclose anything on the roadmap, but there's something pretty nice happening, which is once you you want to create an immersive environment, uh, see with a, with a headset here. The issue with a headset is that, 
I mean, you can do spatial audio, like left and right. That's what Apple is doing with the AirPod. That's okay, they give a bit of information, but what happened is that you want to create a distance effect. Because if you have a headset, I mean, the speaker are literally in your ear. So there's no, you don't, you don't perceive the, 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 the distance. What you want to do is to recreate an experience where instead of having a speaker in your ear, you want to feel the speaker are like 10 feet away, 50 feet away, like in an arena. And you want to be able to teleport and to get the same immersive sound experience that in this specific arena, which has an acoustic very specific, or this other one, which is an acoustic, again, different. And so that's that's something uh, we start to be able to do. I mean, we're partnering with uh, some um, some Swiss university uh, specializing in, in acoustic uh, to develop this new feature. And that's we think is the next uh, next level of immersion. Be able to get a full 3D immersive sound. So then what have you thought about? I mean, we talked about Fortnite a little bit, but the Fortnite um, immersive experiences that have already happened, are you already thinking about ways we can improve upon those? Are those the best we can do right now? Um, how, how, what was your experience with, with, with what Fortnite's done so far? I, I, I think not only Fortnite, but I think what, what, I, what I like in, in, the, in the industry moving forward is that, I mean, first, the game are more team game. I mean, Riot said the other day that they want to put a bit of competitivity to every of their game. Competitivity means pretty, uh, pretty straightforward that you need to have multiple players. And so that's that that's really good part of it. The second good part of it, and we see more and more games uh, are doing, is a user generated content, and that's also helped to to generating. I know my my kids are using they're playing uh, uh, Minecraft, and they never play Minecraft. They always play the the creation part, and it's it's amazing. And I like them to play because they can start to to brainstorm to, to develop their their 3d 3d view on things their design skill and so on and so this is a big trend where both the industry is happy to see because user generating content means uh, more content provided kind of for free because developed by users themselves uh, to their to their tool and for the other user means more novel creative environment so it's really a win-win um and that's i think that's pretty pretty nice to see the industry is, is moving forward in this direction we really appreciate that insight there um as people are listening to this episode and looking forward to connecting with you in person at esports next both hearing your elevator pitch of course at the pitch competition but also uh getting together and having one-on-one -on -one conversations how can people get in touch with you um, ahead of time in the ways that you would like them to? Yeah, so I mean, the best thing is to contact me on LinkedIn. Um, so what the two things you can do before, contact me on LinkedIn. And secondly, you can register for being a beta testers on, on sonicsapp.com. Cool. And so that's the two best way to, uh, to get in touch with me. Great. And Sonic's app is S-O-N-I-X-A-P-P. Exactly. Yes. Right? So exactly. just so people uh, type it in correctly there. Well, Nick, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, it's so amazing to hear what you've accomplished, what you're working on and your unique insights in the industry. Um, I know both Lindsay and I really enjoyed the conversation and 
I think our attendees are going to just absolutely love learning more about what you're doing at the Esports Next Conference in Chicago. Thank you very much. Thank you.